We are back with another great episode of BNB Presents the Black Media Podcast, aka Tubi Talk. You know how we do. And before we get started, I want to make sure we introduce everyone. My name is Ben, and sitting right across from me, who I have. It's your girl, Betty, 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 y'all. What up, though? Yes, it's Betty, 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 a.k.a. Be About the Business, Betty, a.k.a. Be About the Town, Betty. You in the <laughs> house today? I caught you. I'm, I'm listen, <laughs> sis is tired. I'm about three strokes from passing out. I'm trying to make this work, okay? I thought you was out there doing uh, walkthroughs. I seen you at one spot, then an hour later, you had another picture from another spot. I said, Betty, mm. you're a celebrity now. She's doing one Hey, listen, don't watch me. Watch TV, okay? <laughs> I know that's right. I know Shoot. that's right. And I'm checking in once I leave because y'all ain't never know where I'm at. By the time I check in, I'm already in the bed with it. <laughs> I know that's right. Shoot. Well, tonight we're going to talk about her husband's enemy, which is on Tubi, of course. And this one has one of a, a pretty good cast. Some faces we've seen before, some maybe new. Uh, it stars Tori Monet, LeMaster Sproutling, Tristan. How you pronounce his last name? Fazekas, Kizra Dion, Tonya Brown, Forty the Great, Denzel Danbridge. And this was directed by Brandon Cornett. And it was about a young lady being raised in the suburbs, knows nothing about the streets until she falls for a man from the inner city who leads her into a life of crime. And before we start, I have to confess, I was 25 minutes into this movie so I realized this is not Mina Monroe. Listen, <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, I was watching it and I was like, she she puts me in the mind of Mina Monroe, but I was going to say that when you was introducing her name, I was like, she does put you in the mind of her, but she they, they both Favor. They favor. Yeah, but they favor. And they have like this stuff, same yeah. kind of soft um soft tone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so she does. But she's I think she's very pretty too. Oh yeah. Mina has a yeah. very distinctive voice. That's what kept throwing me off. Like, oh very so distinctive voice. But so this girl does too. Like her voice is kind of uh unique as well. It's different yeah. from Mina's, but she has a unique voice as well. So I would agree with you on that. Yeah, so that's what kind of threw me off. Like, man, Mina look different. So I was like, her voice a little bit different, and I went to the credits like, "Oh shit, it's somebody totally different." But what what is her name again? I want to say Tori Monet M O N A Y. Is that how you okay. pronounce it? I don't want to be. Sounds rude. about right. I don't want to be. I rude. think they'll forgive us if we mispronounce their name, because it's like if you see something written and you've never heard it spoken before, right? You can try to use phonetic spelling, but you know that leads you astray sometimes. Yes, uh, Tori Monet. And what are your overall thoughts about the film? Uh, I actually thought it was a good storyline. I was not really expecting the twist at the end. Yeah. But I do feel like it took a while to get to the actual story. Like, we, like it was a lot of cheating or whatever going on and a lot of cross relationships. I guess we needed some of them mm -hmm. to get to the storyline. But I felt like we could have got there a little bit quicker. So I would say it was just a little a little slow to, at the beginning because I didn't quite know what we were walking into. But a little long once it heated up 20 minutes, 20 minutes to the end, I was like, oh, that's all right. 
Yeah. Well, you know it's an hour forty five. That's long for uh independent. It film is because normally we get about one <laughs> one hour and twelve minutes. That's, well, yeah, that's what we normally get at. <laughs> one fifteen. And then we know that we're about to get into that part two. Um <laughs> coming soon, you know. Well this brings up a question kind of off subject on subject. Do you think Detroit based uh productions do better on a series or individual movies? Because it seems like to me the movies get rushed, but the series it seems like they take their time, even though you shoot that over a longer period. I didn't know what your thoughts were on that. I'm, I guess. So we, I think we both, I think we both have an opinion about this, as far as the the length of the movies, because like we said, the movies that are like one hour and twelve minutes, it seems like they rush those movies. Mm-hmm. As where this one, which is 145, it actually took like it could have been one 112 or 115. So um, as far as the series go, let's see. I think with the series, the series because they end the way that they do, they always have us begging for more, right. and we know it's gonna take at least you know a year or so to get the more. So I don't, I want to say. I want to say one or the other, but I think that the series always gives us, we know that we're expecting some more. There's never really any closure to that. Gotcha. Uh, that, that was just my only thing. Cause it seems like when it comes to the TV shows or the series TVs that they do, it's just so engaging. It's like, oh man, like when we look at the Dirty D or we uh, look at McGraw Avenue, it just had everybody to choco. But when that I same... was waiting on that um, complicated series. Remember we watched that? Maybe like a couple that. Yeah. yeah, and I was watching the... <laughs> I actually saw it on Tubi and I was like, oh shoot, it's the new season. And then I was like, no, this no. is the last season we already see. But I'm going to forget what happened by the time they dropped the new season, so we're going to have to watch it from the beginning. Yeah, and, and that's what I said. These movies have you in the... The TV shows have you in the choco, but the 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 movies, even though it has the same people and sometimes it'd be the similar storylines, you'd be like, what the hell was that or I just watched? So speaking now, of this also oh, go ahead and get into I it. I don't know we're gonna keep talking about this movie. I'm sorry. But yeah, that's what I was about to say. Go ahead and get into it. Um so we we talking about the movie still? Yeah, we talking about the movie. Go ahead. Okay. So I just think that um I was watching the movie trying to think about how people always be like, oh, that's a Tubi movie or the acting or they, mm-hmm. but the movies do not be terrible. Like it actually no. had a good storyline. I think that they shot it really good. One of the things that I always forget when I'm watching movies on Tubi is that it always gives you that couple seconds of the uh, recap or where, where it left off at. So it always goes back that couple seconds before the commercial. I always forget about that. So I'm always thrown off. But um, I thought it was a good production, actually. I thought they did a great job. I don't think that there was any, I don't even remember any acting issues that I saw on this one. I don't think. Um, I don't see, I don't remember seeing anything with the effects that kind of stuck out for me. I thought it was pretty good. I just think with this cast of people, They've been doing this for so long and mm-hmm. so many movies in that they, you know, they they on top of it. Uh, Kamal Smith had did a podcast but with the guy out of Detroit. And he was saying about, you know, you get what you pay for. And he said for about maybe 40, 50,000 or so, you can get a good production quality wise, mm-hmm. editing wise, and uh, and maybe shoot it in like 10 to 11 days. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of pointing out that if when you look at Friday, it, it wasn't shot on a big budget per se mm-hmm. as much as it grossed. And he said, if you think about it, the storyline was fairly simple because everything happened on that one block. As far as mm-hmm. the fight, as far as Smokey, I mean, yeah, uh, Ezell walking to the store, all that was kind of within the same area. So it wasn't a quote unquote a lot of locations that they had to visit on mm-hmm. the on the original Friday. So he said, if you if you kind of do your sets and shoots like that, you can get the quality and you can get everything in without blowing your budget and things like that. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. So that's good. I think that it is another thing that um, in the Detroit films, or particularly because those are the only ones that I can watch and be like, oh, I I know right. this landmark i know that landmark or whatever but i think they always do a great job of capturing different parts of the city and i don't know like i of course i read a lot of books and sometimes Mm -hmm. depending on the author you know how they will sometimes make up a uh, make up an area or make up a location or make up certain things but the one thing that i love about these movies it's always authentic it's always going to give you she from the east side over there all fresh (laughs) or you know she from the west side over there on mcgraw whatever it's all it always feels um familiar to me so i think that's why i really gravitate towards the movies that are filmed in each other i'm kind of biased now they're not good i'll say they're not good you know um I'll try to be um, critique, um, you know, constructively, however, but I'm always biased. I'm always going to root for my city. So, yeah, they, they've gotten a great formula down. I, you know what? I don't know. I think uh, around the pandemic is when I jumped on, but I'm pretty sure they were shooting films prior to that. Or did I didn't yeah, get a chance to see the progression? Like, you know what I'm saying? We had stuff like buffed up, you know, right, old stuff right. like that. Um, I think we had, and we had some other stuff that was like coming up on YouTube. And like I said, like right when the pandemic hit is when McGraw F had came out and they have been making, you know, doing movies. Like I said, my best friend's husband is, you know, um, he's played in quite a few things and he's been doing this for, you know, a couple of years prior to the pandemic, um, different movies and stuff, you know, some of the people, um, plug love. Yeah, um, all of those things so you know those things were way out you know before the pandemic so I think that I love the fact that we are getting the opportunities and we're not waiting for the opportunities mm-hmm. to be given to us which is so dope like I, I feel like we just created a whole lane for ourselves one thing uh, Kamal did touch on in the interview uh, was about a lot because of the strike you're going to start seeing a lot of you love this C and D list actors and actresses, and not taking over on Tubi. You know, slowly but com- slowly but surely, maybe possibly coming over uh, former reality stars. Because when he was, this is going back to that conversation he was having about the budget, and mm-hmm. he was like, "You gonna pay a little bit more uh, for somebody to come off Love and Hip Hop, or to get mm-hmm. a C or D actress or actor to come onto your project?" Uh, he said that usually out of fifty thousand, just kind of give us some numbers. You may be looking at it, maybe about seven to ten just for them depending you know so i just think though i think and it goes to that thing of popularity versus talent yes and i really feel like we probably would want to even even outside of the independent film circuit like even in hollywood 
Like if you got a great agent that can shop your yeah. name and, you know, get you out there. But sometimes I feel like we are, they do compromise quality when they try to go for um, oh, actors oh, that are yeah. not that season, you know, that are, they're not that experienced. Um, and then they start trying to put them in things because they're popular, you know, right. they're going to get their name out there. I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't want to keep seeing Erica Mena and Stepmother. <laughs> she got a niche. She got a niche. Yeah. I mean, she did good in that other movie that she did, Picture Me Something. Mm -hmm. I think she did a good job. I think she did a good job in an assistant. Yep. Um, so I think I'm, but the step sister, stepmother. Stepmother right series. And Go ahead and let that die. Go ahead and let that die. But that brings me to the gentleman by the name of Tristan. Because even though he hasn't done reality TV, I don't mm -hmm. believe he has a, like a great local following. I just know from just what I see on my timeline, when people see him in a movie, it's definitely shared about a hundred times just on my timeline, not even talking about what's generally out there in the whole Facebook, Instagram media. So I am familiar with him mm -hmm. through other people, you know, that are friends with him. So he, I think that he is kind of you know popular or whatever um and um i'm in the tubi group remember they kicked you out they won't let you back in i don't even know how i got kicked out the group somebody let me back know. in the group i don't even but, i ain't even saying nothing <laughs> but in the group they were doing this thing that was so annoying oh, it wow. was like it it was kind of funny because it was giving me some kind of um um way to be creative so people will post their picture and they be like hey what what role can I play in the Tubi movie? And then, you know, people will be, some people are very mean, you know, mm -hmm. saying mean or nasty things. And I still don't understand adults bullying adults on social media. That's wild <laughs> to me. But they were, you know, like, you know, I would make up a whole storyline of, you know, what I think this person did. Like, I, it was, you know, kind of fun. But one of the guys, you know, people were getting angry and they were saying, if you really want to be an actress or you really want to be an actor, then you need to take classes. You need to have a headshot. You need to go to the auditions. And, you know, one of the um, one of the people who created the group, I think it's a I wanted to say it's a husband and wife duo. I'm not oh. sure, but they had the same last name. And um, so they are they actually make films, direct and produce and, and stuff like that. And what some of the people were saying, some of the um, creators were saying is that sometimes they will pick a person because they have 50,000 followers. Yeah. Or they have a certain fan base. So a lot of times the talent is developed over time. It's almost like an on-the-job training type situation. Good point. Um, but I would probably rather appreciate them building a clientele or building a, a fan base off of actually having skill mm -hmm. as opposed to us just getting whatever because they are popular for whatever reason. Like if they, I don't know. I don't know how people get so popular that they get, you know, 50,000 um, followers. followers, you know, if they not really, you know, I don't know. I don't, they not really content creators. So I don't know. When, he, when I look at a person like Tristan, who's of course done a lot of independent films, but he also popped up in an episode of a BMF as a, I think he was a police officer in one of those episodes. And really? Yeah. And he's also going to be in the first lady of BMF, which is a big controversy around that. 
because that's based on uh, Southwest T's girlfriend and her take on it. Well, that's, that's pretty good. I didn't know that that is that going to be on Stars. You know what? I don't know where that's coming to because it was uh, Judge Mathis, uh, what's her name? Vivica Fox were all part of the oh trying God. to put everything together. I think Vivica was going to be directing. Uh, Judge Mathis maybe in producing. I'm going to sleep. So, but it was actually her. Uh, I think her name is Tonya. Yeah, they did a. Um, is that my pronouncing her? Well, name actually, name? she's very vocal on social media. Every time they, um, every time Tonisha. they play an episode, but she was on the episode. She had a segment on uh, Trap Queens. Remember? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but also going back to that because I think that's where it kind of spawns from because Judge Mathis is an executive producer on there. You know he had Big Fifty. Uh, mm-hmm. on Trap Queens and they also did his, the whole Big 50 story the movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah the movie and it had our boy Mike Bless in there so mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's definitely a market we keep calling I, him Mike Bless what is his real what name is, Mike, Anthony? Is, uh, Mike Anthony I think it's Michael <laughs> Anthony or something but I think Mike Bless is his um, Instagram handle yeah mm-hmm. so, so but I think this particular project ran into a little hiccup because you know 50 has the whole BMF project going and if you try to run a Another one with the same title. Well, not the same title, but with like titles. And you got Vivica Fox, which is his ex kind of director. They just kind of create a lot of controversy. But I think they're still moving forward with the project. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Vivica Fox. Um, director. Directing. And actually, you know, not even out of all the shows, BMF is not like, to me, it's not... It doesn't really grab my attention like that. I think we gravitate towards, and I'm I'm not saying you because you're not a Detroit native, but you are mm-hmm. in the metro Detroit area for several uh, years. But most of us gravitate towards it because we're from Detroit, and like, it's yeah. almost like the kind of same thing. You know, it's like a legend, a legendary story for us. But the writing is like, I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering how many seasons they are intending to create for this because it seems like it's slow dragging and what we really want to see is not these young kids making these mistakes but I guess we want to see like when did they get to the business acumen that they have or you know like how did they grow the organization to what it was because at this moment it doesn't look that put together you know so it seems like they just kind of dragging it out well, I think they're getting there on the BMF story. They're just, well, the season that we just ended, they were kind of just getting their foot into Atlanta. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's where they said, where they kind of gained their most success. Okay. So, that's what I'm trying to see if it's like yeah. dragging to, like, how, like, you, it's almost like what we said before, like, is the story already written? Like, do y'all have the beginning where we're starting and then, like, where we're going to end up at already? Or are y'all, like, writing the seasons as we go? I would love to be a writer for a TV show. A joke well, writer or something. <laughs> you know who's good at stuff like that? EJ. She's a comedian. Uh, she always Oh, does. EJ Speaks? Yeah, she, she has, like, a tutorial on how she got into the writer's room and all that. But now, you may do What did she write for? What did she write for? She, I guess, just from like doing her social media skits, it gave her opportunity to write for like the Oscars and the BET Awards because all those people, like when you see LL get up there, LL ain't telling jokes off his head. Somebody exactly. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, so I would love to like have opportunity to do something yeah. like that. But actually, it's a huge opportunity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Now, right. with the writer yeah. strike going on and, and actors, you might need to go down there to the. Let uh, me get my Twitter fingers together and get to making <laughs> some reels. People think, you know, just a little sidebar, people think that like social media posting or social media content is easy. And it's it not. is so, like, some things you can make content out of anything but it's the consistent the consistency mm -hmm. um and then you know over time like the quality like man it's so difficult you have to stay on top of it oh yeah you have to and it's almost like you know that you're getting on people's nerves but you don't even care because you're gonna keep creating it and keep creating it and keep creating it but ooh, it's a it's a lot of work that brings it to uh what the Speaking of Michael Anthony, aka Mike Bless, the Country Wayne series that started on started off going simultaneously on Facebook and IG, which I think may be exclusively now on on YouTube. Are they still running new episodes? Because that was like an ongoing reality, not a reality show, like an ongoing. I didn't show. follow. I didn't follow it. I just kind of caught them when they came across my timeline but yeah. i haven't i haven't seen any in a while and if i'm not mistaken the last one i saw was something that they country wayne did with just hilarious i think she was involved well, in that was a while too. back but the girl well yeah that's right yeah. the last one i saw but i think it was since the breakup because i think they were making jokes about their breakup yeah they were but yeah. um but the girl um uh, what's her name um roll 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolanda, whatever, bro. She is. She been in a couple BET Plus movies, yeah, and yeah. you know she been doing her thing. So I mean, and yeah. oh, you know what I just saw too. I don't know because you don't watch. Um, you don't watch um, the sisters, the uh, team of stuff. Nah, yeah, but the girl it. that plays, what is her name? Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Her name is Jasmine on social media. Um, she is getting her own spinoff, I think, off Fatima? of one of the other Tyler Perry shows. Oh. Um, now what I just saw something that they posted in a group. So I don't know about that one because she kinda annoying. So we'll have to see how that goes. But yes, people is really doing their thing. Like, um, you know, from social media getting noticed and, you know, getting in the independent circuit and then actually going mainstream. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. When you speak of consistency, I want to say a, a web series called Pillow Talk uh, mm -hmm. got picked up by either B, E, no, what's the other one? Um, TV One, I want to say, picked it up and bought the pre bought the past episodes and carried off to like Pillow Talk, which which was like the overall umbrella, but it had these other little shows. And I think that's where I first seen Duvall at before he kind of went off. And did his thing. Oh, uh, they were on the what was it? I re I remember first seeing them on a uh, Black Love. Yeah, that. Yeah. That's what I remember seeing them on there. But yeah, I think Pillow Talk may have got. I want to say. Because it was a BET. Maybe her right. One I time. thought it was on BET. Yeah, I thought I saw it on BET. Maybe it was BET her. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever it's called now. Yeah. You know, I'm be really paying for the TV. I mean, some of the subscriptions, but now BET Plus got the ads. For five ninety nine, <laughs> so I'm about to move on over. Save myself four bucks, cause why not? Shoot, matter of fact, I don't even know if the price went up to ten ninety nine. They pushing it though, they pushing it, cause I'm saying people, I could be seeing on um, 
Tubi. I pay. I don't know. I don't think I dropped down my subscription yet because I just paid my nine ninety nine. But as soon as it's up, I'm switching over. Didn't they? Doesn't uh, Tubi pull from some of that uh, content? Sometimes you can find like BT exclusive movies on Tubi. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not so I know BET Plus does BET. BET does BET Plus on BET on EBT. BET Plus on BET and then BET on BET Plus. So you know how sometimes they show like like we watch a Miss Pat show or um some of those shows and then like the next season they put it on BET. So the all the Queens men may be on BET when the new season gets ready to start for BET Plus. Yeah. I didn't even know Michael Blackson had his own show. Yeah, it was all right. They only I, had four episodes. So far, yeah. It, it made me a little uncomfortable with some of the jokes, like, at the beginning. Because I'm not, like, like, uh, like, we don't need all that. Like, we don't need all this sex talk and raunchy right. talk. Like, we don't need all that. Like, I, I understand why that's necessary because it wasn't funny. But I did enjoy the storyline of him cussing them goddamn kids out and actually ultimately like kind of it kind of puts you in the mind a little bit of um Steve Harvey but oh, on the, the you know on a more adult level right um so I was enjoying getting to the episodes where he's like getting involved with the kids and stuff like that and trying to help them but I don't want to hear him talking about sex ever not like not on TV I think when Miss Pat came out and did it it was in line with her comedy style, so it was kind of shocking, but it flowed when Michael came out and did it. It just seemed like he can do it because he can do it, not necessarily sinking in. You know how when Miss Pat came out uh, and she was dropping an F-bomb, we were like, damn, you can say that on BET or BET Plus? We didn't know you could do that. Right. So Yeah, Miss Pat was saying whatever. <laughs> and I just seemed like then we after that we had uh, all, the, all the Queen's men they were just damn, you know, with the nudity we like that. We know you can do that on BET Plus. Oh, they was giving like... us everything. Well, right. I well, you know what? I I won't even say that I didn't know that we can get that because some of the BET Plus shows with Tyler Perry, you know, mm-hmm. he was pushing the envelope a lot on some of the stuff that he was um putting out there too. So gotcha. See, I never watched yeah. a lot of them on like uh, Ruthless and all. I never. I watched. Of course, you know, I had to watch The House of Pains because my boy Curtis, and then Assisted Living only because it had uh the Mr. Brown on there. That's always going to be here's the statement. So now back to this movie. We didn't get all the way off the track. All was, off the subject. <laughs> what were some of your favorite parts of the film? Um, you know what? Let's see. I want to say my favorite part of the film. Um, let's see. We oh my god, we went all the way out of the subject. <laughs> um, like I think we went to the rabbit hole already. So we don't even really got to go to the rabbit hole for real. Um favorite part of the movie my least favorite part is when they when she let ghosts get killed because i was thinking she was gonna come out of that closet blasting i thought she was too I i'm like that. damn you just gonna let ghosts get killed like i thought she was gonna do something like he didn't he didn't held you down he killing everybody left and right for your cheating husband i feel like she should have blasted old girl like that but I think the look on her face at the end when she realized that her uh, gig was up, mm-hmm. that was priceless. Uh, yeah, I think that was I think that was probably my favorite part. 
What I, about you? I think my favorite part. I'm. Re- I like uh, the funny scenes, of course. Oh, and I like Forty the Great. Uh, okay, he, he's the the heavyset gentleman that jumped out the truck and shot that guy. He just brings a certain authentic authenticness to a scene. I can't pronounce what's the authenticity to a scene. You talking I, about the guy that plays Victor on McGraw Avenue? Yeah, he uh-huh. brings a certain real element to those uh, to these productions. So every time he pops up on screen, on screen. I'm always looking for him. He doesn't do a lot of movies, maybe because he's nah. a music artist for the first and foremost. But I do enjoy when I see him in the credits because I know he about to bring that validity to whatever's going on. So he's kind he's kind of funny too. And sometimes when when I watch him in certain scenes, I can almost tell that it's him ad living mm-hmm. and not necessarily something script. I, I always feel like he'd be going off script a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoy watching him. Um, we don't get to see that much of him. Yeah. But, um, but you know, quite a few of those um, independent artists, you know, they are also um, music artists musicians. as well. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Musicians, yeah. Well, did we? T- well, let's do this. We're gonna take a break. And did we talk about Lizzo? And do we believe her? Did we even get into that whole thing? Child, I guess we'll talk about it. When we come all back. right. Well, you all sit tight. We're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we're gonna get into this rabbit hole with Lizzo. And we're back. And we kind of like to let the dust settle on things. And we never really addressed this whole Lizzo allegation. But what are your thoughts on? Do y'all do you think Lizzo is a person that they're painting, or this is a uh, a smear campaign, as they say. I, you know, I had a, I had a couple opinions about it, cause like one of, now nah, this is this is wrong. Mm-hmm. I've been a plus size woman, you know, most of my life, and when when she said we just gonna be up here like two big ass Barneys or something like that, <laughs> that tickled me like I thought that shit was hilarious and not uh I guess she said she supposedly said it to one of the dancers like oh we're just gonna be set up here like two big ass barnies so my thing is with that is even though it's kind of funny first of all I call yourself Barney god damn it who the fuck said I want to be Barney with you just because I'm big don't mean I want to be Barney you know so that was funny to me but I'm like help me out I was asking people on social media I think I made my one and only thread mm-hmm. on threads about it. Um, because I don't quite know how that work yet. But can you be body shaming or fat shaming somebody if you are a participant in the fat? Like <laughs> you're a participant in the fat. Like if you fat too, like is it really fat shaming or is it just you talking shit? I think sometimes we take that shaming shit to another level. Right. Now what I'm also particularly interested in is these allegations of sexual harassment and the participation of said events. Well, so what I need to figure out is, um, did y'all like was y'all like, oh well we gonna go ahead and do it because we don't want to get fired, or did y'all say no I don't want to do that like. I need more information on exactly what was happening there because I feel like at some point, yeah, because I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm out of here." Like, like, did she force <laughs> them to do? Like, I just like I, come to this strip club or you gonna get fired? Like, is that how it yeah, happened? Yeah, I just don't, I just don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like the story has been out there long enough, but I just don't feel like 
I'm just like, mm, I guess whatever they said she did, she did. But was she forcing or was it like a group participation thing? I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't know. I wanted to wait to this story because I thought somebody was going to come to her aid and be like, for, I should say an, an objective party was going to come mm-hmm. to her aid and be like, no, that's not who she is. Uh, and nobody really came and said anything. The dancers that did come out and say that the other girls was lying are still employed, so that's not an objective opinion. That's just like, we still work here. But her lawyer says she, from a, a post that was on the shade room, that she claims to, she intends to sue former backup dancers for malicious prosecution following resurfaced photos of the dancers smiling during a topless cabaret show. So they said that they, they was being sexually harassed or held against their will. And Lizzo like, no, bitch, we got you smiling and enjoying yourself. <laughs> I think she may be a taskmaster when it comes to dancing and getting a perfect show. But as far as some of the other stuff, as far as like sexual harassment and all that, I think she. she yeah, I'm just like, you know, participating. Yeah, it, it it definitely may be some blurred lines. It may be some unprofessionalism. It may it may be some things that are questionable, but mm-hmm. um. From a legal, oh yeah, I'm no, I'm no lawyer, but from a legal standpoint, I feel like morally, maybe, maybe morally, she was wrong, you know. But I don't think that it's anything that's like what they're saying. Well, a lot of people say she may be guilty of is fraternizing with the help too much. Mm. Uh, so if you on tour and it's just you and your dancers. And you go out, you may be like, oh, y'all want to come? Or you may take them out to eat, or you may take them, and then you may blow that line and y'all be too comfortable. And you may yeah. call them, you know, get your big ass, bitch. And they may have, you know... Not got... your big ass, bitch. <laughs> you may have gotten too Big comfortable. Barney, bitch. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> that Barney too... is funny to me. I'm sorry. She may have gotten a little too comfortable, and now they're looking back like, you know, now they... Yeah, I don't, I don't like to victim victim blame or anything like that. But I'm just thinking that I'm not saying that their experiences were not their experiences, but I think that it, the intent might have been something else, and it may have gotten way further than what they anticipated. Right. And you know, things just got out of hand. But I do want, or I would hope that whatever happened, that Lizzo will make it right. Yeah. So just pay them people their money because I know that's really what they asking for in a uh, in a public apology. Speaking of making things right and apologies, uh, Tory Lanez went to jail, and do you think he was over sentenced? It's so it's this is why I always tell my son and other people you got to be who you are and stand firm on who you are because when at first when it came out, we wanted him to be hung. We wanted him to be, to be crucified. The courts did what the courts did. And I'm like, well, that's just too much. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So I have a hard time with people who, like, I was so befuddled at mm-hmm. the um, responses befuddled. in regard to his sentencing. Because the thing is, a human woman mm-hmm. was shot. She suffered a gunshot wound, whether it been to the foot, to the ankle, to the knee, to whatever. And depending on how or where some a person is shot, a, a gunshot to the leg can end your life. Oh yeah. You know, so 
um, and it's still pain and anguish and all of those things. So for you to be like, oh, he, they sentenced him too hard. They was doing too much. Like he shot a human being, like a, a woman, right. like, you know, like he shot somebody. Like I ain't never seen, like if your ass got shot, you're going to be like, shit, give him two years. Right. You know, I still got my foot. Like, you know, like I, I just, I just couldn't understand like how it was so much outcry for the actual person who did the crime as opposed to compassion for the person who was injured. Like, I just don't understand that. I'm glad the court judicial system go by facts and evidence produced and not by social influence. And yeah. yeah. Because if it was well, they thought they was going to get that with that 70 something letters that people wrote. Oh, right. But I just don't think that, well, Charlemagne the God had made a comment. He said, I've read the transcripts. And he was dead ass wrong and he should be in jail. I was expecting protect black women. Protect black women went out the fucking window. Didn't exactly. It? To protect the black, black no, women. No, be, no. It don't <laughs> never be protect the black women. It don't never be. It's always. But the thing about the whole situation is they were giving Meg like she was on trial. Right. Exactly. Now, I'm not gonna lie. Like we talked about the trial as it was going on, and it was very confusing. Some of the antics and some of the angles that you know mm -hmm. the prosecution and the defense were like trying to um, go into. So it made it very confusing and very murky. But the fact still remains that this woman was shot by this man, and he deserves to be prosecuted. And sentence and y'all right. is crucifying the damn victim. She didn't <laughs> ask to be shot. Like, just, my God, y'all gonna be okay if your if your sister baby daddy shoot her? Like, <laughs> oh, it was just in her foot. She could still walk. Like, give him a year and a half probation. So yeah, like what the I, heck? Like people, I people people morals and sense go out the window sometimes unless they the victim. They don't care unless they the victim. It seems like social media is like a radio where you turn one side up and turn one side down. It seems like mm -hmm. when it was when it was the Meg the Stallion getting shot, the the the, the team sending nigga to jail was the loudest voice that they was you know projecting throughout the social media and in media's atmosphere. Once a nigga gets sentenced, then it's all of a sudden the compassionate <laughs> people voice is all of a sudden because I had never heard nobody have compassion for him until they hit him with that sentence. Yeah, I, you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate on both ends. Mm -hmm. But a woman could have lost her life. Y'all yeah. don't even care nothing about that. I was I was just amazed at the people that was like, oh, that's too hard. Uh, people who do worse things are not serving that amount of time. I was like, damn. So mm -hmm. I, was, it was, I was definitely befuddled by that whole, as you would say, befuddled by that whole, <laughs> even why it was even an argument. Mm -hmm. join us next week where we're going to review Coffee Talk with Kamal Smith and Des my name is Ben and sitting right in front of me who I got it's your girl Betty y'all I'm out alright see y'all next time peace